Welcome to the Every Nation Dorado Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. Good morning, everyone. My name is Pastor Christopher Shapiro. I'm the senior pastor of Every Nation Vintuk. And it's my privilege to be able to bring you the Word of God this morning. We've had the privilege of um, fellowshipping online during this time of lockdown. And regardless of where you are, whether you're by yourself or with family or with friends, it is really a time where the Holy Spirit is with us and where we can fellowship and share the Word of God together. And so this week we're starting with a new series called I Am. And this series is going to address the person of Jesus, but the fact that Jesus and who he is makes him and reveals him to be the 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 very personification and the incarnation of God himself. And so during the next couple of weeks, we'll come to you and we'll share with you the word of God from the scriptures so that you've got a great foundation in understanding who Jesus is. And this is important, especially in this time with a whole crisis that's going on around the world so that people have an understanding that Jesus and who he is is applicable to my situation wherever I am, regardless of what problem you might be facing, uh, Jesus and who he is will address that need because of who he is. And so this week I'll be starting our first message called Jesus, the great I am. So before we get into the word, I'd just like to pray for us. So Father, I thank you, Lord God, that your Holy Spirit is speaking to us today. I thank you that your word does not return void, but that it will accomplish that for which it was sent. And Father, I pray for everyone that's listening, that their hearts will be touched, and that Jesus Christ will be revealed to them. In Jesus' name, amen. And so, as we go into this series, I'd like to encourage you to focus on the scriptures. The subject that we're going to be taking on today relates to who Jesus is, but it really is a controversial one in a sense because there are many beliefs concerning whether Jesus is God or not. And the scriptures that we'll look at today will actually show us that Jesus is God. And you might say, no, but I thought the Father was God. Well, the truth is that Jesus is part of the Godhead and God is actually a plurality. And so, if you have your Bible, you can turn with me to John chapter 1, verse 1. And John, who wrote the epistle, was a disciple of Jesus, a Jewish man who was expecting the Messiah, had a knowledge and a background concerning the Old Testament. And then, in his epistle, he begins to write this. And this is what it says in verse 1. It says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and He was in the beginning with God. Now what's important here is you'll see some other uh, denominations or cults, if you can call them that, have changed this second part of the first verse, where it says, and the Word was God, to say, and the Word was a God. This is erroneous because in the beginning, we will see how God portrays himself in creation when he says, 
Let us make man in our image and in our likeness. Right there, he begins to express the the plurality of God. It says, in the beginning, Elohim created. And when you look in in the Hebrew, Elohim means almost to say the gods. (laughs) But obviously, it's not in the concept, it's not many gods. It's one God, but he's got a plurality of persons. So we worship one God. In three persons, who is the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And during this series, we'll see how Jesus begins to portray that and begins to express that specifically. So John 1 verse 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And He was in the beginning with God. So the first principle that we must understand is that no one knows God except Jesus Christ. We continue to read in John chapter 1 verse 17 and 18. It says, For the law was given through Moses, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. And then it says, No one has ever seen God except the Son, the only God, who is at the Father's side. He has made him known. And so even in the Old Testament, when people have said, no, they've seen God, even when Moses was having his his interactions on the mountain with God, the word of God says that God actually dwells in unapproachable light. The father dwells in unapproachable light, but the son has manifested him. And so Jesus comes on the earth. He is the very word of God that becomes flesh and dwells amongst us and he is the one that reveals the father so that means all the experiences that people had in the old testament with god was almost a shadow experience was a partial experience was a partial getting to know god until jesus christ was manifested that is when we could actually get to know god and it is amazing how many people have such a desire to get to know God. And many times they refer to the Old Testament, um, the the patriarchs and the prophets. And uh, it is is good that we take that example from them. But it is important that we understand that no one reveals God the way that Jesus revealed God. Many times we go through situations, especially in this time, there is such controversy as to whether God sent COVID-19 and whether it's God that's sending this and God sending that on my life and whether God is doing that or that. The question is, if Jesus was on the earth, would he have done that? In fact, Jesus said, I only do what I see my father doing. And even Philip, at the end of Jesus' life, when he was about to go to the cross and he spoke to them and said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and we'll get to that scripture. He, he then tells them, you know the way where I am going, and I am the way, the truth, and the life. And Philip asks, yes, uh, show us the Father. And then from there, Jesus begins to portray them to them and communicate to them and saying, you've seen me, you've been with me all this time, and you do not know me, Philip. If you've seen me, You've seen the Father. So the first principle is if we want to know God, we can't go through a prophet. We can't go through a teacher. We can't go through our pastor. We have to go through Jesus Christ. 
The book of Hebrews in chapter 1, it says, God has spoken to us in the past in diverse measures and different ways through the prophets and, and, and. But in this time, he speaks to us through his son. The son of God is the expression. He is the full expression, the full embodiment of the father. And so wherever you are, your question should be, who is Jesus? Because if you can get to know Jesus, then you can get to know who God is. And without getting to know Jesus, you cannot get to know God and you cannot get to know the Father. Number two, the principle number two is God revealed himself as I am. I'm reading here from Exodus chapter three, verse 14. This is the place where Moses, after murdering someone in Egypt, flees and he takes refuge in Midian. He gets married there. He's got his kids there and he's just going on with his life after having this sense of calling and destiny on his life. And God appears to him through the burning bush. And what happens is God begins to tell him that I've heard the cry of my people in Egypt and I have now come to deliver them. And I want to send you, go Moses and tell Pharaoh to let my people go so that they can worship me in the wilderness. And so then after God has persuaded Moses. He's persuaded Moses concerning the fact that he needs to go into Egypt. Moses then asked, but what if they don't believe me? Who should I say sent me? What if they say, which God? What are you talking about? It's been 400 years that they've been in, in slavery. It's been 400 years that they haven't heard the voice of God. Now you're coming to us. Who is this God? And so we're reading here in, in Exodus chapter 3 verse 14. It says, and God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, Say this to the people of Israel. I am has sent me to you. And this is a bit strange because most of the time in the construction of the language, when you say I am, you expect the person to follow through with the actual description of what they're about to introduce. But God over here says to Moses, don't tell them the equalizer or don't tell them I am equals this. Just tell them I am sent you. Why? Because God is not to be defined in the boxes and in the circumstances that we are faced with. He is to be defined by who he is. He is the self-existent one. Many people ask, okay, I, I, I used to believe in evolution and the earth came from this and now I changed my perspective. I believe that it all came because God created. But who created God? And that question presumes on the fact that God lives in time and in space, and that is not the case. He lives outside of time, outside of space. He is self-existent. He is the uncreated one. And so he speaks to Moses and says, tell the people, I am. I am who I am. And so principle number two, God revealed himself as I am. Now, why are we touching on this? Because Principle number three, Jesus revealed himself as I am as well. And this was the most shocking, the most shocking thing for the Jewish people when Jesus was on the earth. For him to say that he is the I am is to claim to be God. And they know it because they said, we follow Moses. We don't follow you. We follow Moses. And Moses was the one who had the encounter with God where God told him, I am. Tell them, tell the people of Israel that they will know me as the I am. And so we read this in John chapter 8, 
verse 56. Jesus is having this discussion and this debate with the teachers of the law. And he's speaking. And so in verse 56, he says, Your father Abraham rejoiced that you would see, that he would see my day. Before that, they were all accusing him and saying, you're testifying on your own. You're saying that you're this. You're saying that you're that. But actually, you're nobody. In fact, they said, you are actually a Samaritan and you are demon-possessed, is what they were accusing Jesus of. And so he begins to express this. He says, your father Abraham, verse 56, rejoiced that he would see my day. He saw it and was glad. Verse 57, so the Jews said to him, You are not yet 50 years old, and have you seen Abraham? And verse 58, Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, before Abraham was, I am. (laughs) Truly, truly, verily, verily, I say to you, of truth. I'm not lying, I'm not watering it down. Before Abraham was, I am. Verse 59 will show you that they understood what he was saying here as claiming to be God. Because it says, so they picked up stones to throw at him. But Jesus hid himself and went out of the temple. They were ready to stone him for blasphemy. In fact, if you watch the Jesus film over the, the, the Passover weekend over Easter, you would realize that he was brought and the accusers said that he was blaspheming God, coming against Moses and claiming to be God. And this was the accusation that came against Jesus. Why? Because he stated categorically and clearly that he is God. He is God. He is God. He is God in the flesh. You might say, no, but he's the son of God. To say in, the is, is in, in Israel's context, to say that you are the son of God, means that you are God. They would understand that the son of a bird is a bird. The son of a dog is a dog. The son of a human being is a human being. And the son of God is God. And because there's only one God, that's what they said he was claiming. And so Jesus revealed himself as the I am. And so when we're, when we're sharing the gospel and talking about Jesus coming in the flesh and dying on the cross for us, what makes it even more impactful is the fact that this is God. This is not only a man coming to die for our sins. This is God laying down his life, pouring out his life blood on the cross, being scourged, being accused, being despised. And you will notice that in in Isaiah, the prophecy concerning Jesus also says that unto us uh, a child is born, unto us a son is given, the government shall be upon his shoulders, and he shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Prince of Peace, Everlasting Father. How is it that Isaiah saw prophetically that the son would be known as the father and that the, the, the son of man, the son of David would be known as the mighty God. And so Jesus in the next principle reveals himself and this is what we'll cover over the, the next following weeks. We'll cover the different expressions of what Jesus said, I am and then he actually defines it. Today we'll cover things that will relate to a time of darkness. 
a time of difficulty, a time where you feel like you want to escape. And the first principle, the fourth principle here is that Jesus is the light. I'm reading here from John 8, verse 12. It says, again, Jesus spoke to them saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. You know, without light, it is an amazing thing. Without light, life cannot exist on earth. Our whole principle of eating and vegetation is based on photosynthesis, the processing of energy that comes from light. Without light, men stumble in darkness. People who are blind experience darkness. And Jesus comes into the world and he says, I am not only the light of the people of Israel. I'm not only the light of the religious people. I am the light of the whole world. Jesus, portraying himself first as the great I am, begins to then follow through and says, I am the light of the world. And the question today is, is he the light in your life? Are you facing darkness in your life? Are there questions that have placed you in a place of darkness where you have confusion and you don't understand where to go next? Without light, we have no way out. But when the light goes on, everything changes. If you're in a room full of things and you have darkness, stumbling is inevitable. But immediately, once the light goes on, darkness flees. And Jesus entering into the world brought the light into life. It says in John chapter 1 here, verse 4, and this is the continuation from that scripture where, where we read that in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word became flesh. And it says in verse 4, in Him, in Jesus, was life, and the life was the light of men. And then it says in verse 5, the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light and that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but came to bear witness about the light. Verse 9, the true light which gives light to every man was coming into the world. And this is Jesus. He is the light of life. Without him, you walk in darkness. It doesn't matter where you, whether you've gone to university, you've got your degrees, whether you've, you're, you're a philosopher. It doesn't matter what answers you may give people. Everyone goes to you as the wisest person. Without Christ, you are in darkness. You are in darkness. And the only way out is when you come to Christ, who is the light of the world. Psalm 119 Verse 105, the word of God says, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. And many times people see that as the scriptures, because the scriptures is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. But Jesus is the word of God. And so we can actually put Jesus in there and say, Jesus is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Psalm 27, it was David who said, the Lord is my light and my salvation. 
Now, this was important, and I want to encourage you during this time of COVID-19 and sickness everywhere and people losing their jobs and livelihoods and crisis and concern and worry and fear and abuse. During this time, you need this psalm. It says, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? Because I've got light, I've got salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? And then he says, even if evildoers come against me, it doesn't matter what kind of war comes against me. Even if an army rises up against me, yet I will not be afraid because the Lord is my light and my salvation. And the question is, you need to be able to say that in the situation where you are. You shouldn't say, oh, I don't know what to do. I'm in such darkness. Your confession should be, but the Lord is our light. Don't worry, my family, the Lord is our light and our salvation. He is the one that illuminates even the darkest times. It says there in the book of John that he who walks with Jesus will never ever walk in darkness. He who walks with Jesus will never ever walk in darkness. Many times as we're going through difficult times, we say, yeah, you know, I'm going through a rough patch. I'm going through a dark time. In my life. As a Christian, you shouldn't say that. As a Christian, unless if you switch Jesus off in your life, it doesn't matter what situation you are in. It's never a dark time. Why? Because the light of the world lives inside of you. In fact, it says in the book of Matthew that you are the light of the world. The light of God, Jesus, dwells so much in us that we have now also become a light in the darkness to the world. And then the next principle is that Jesus, principle number five, Jesus is the door. John 10 verse 7, I'll read for us. It says, so Jesus again said to them, truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and robbers. But the sheep did not listen to them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go out and find Pasture, And then in verse 10 it says, The thief comes only to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But I came that they might have life and have it abundantly and overflowing. Jesus is the door to abundant life. Jesus is the door to true life. And so these metaphors are all showing us that Jesus is the only way. He is the only access to true light, to true life. In our various situations, it doesn't matter what you may be facing. I'm here with good news to tell you that the light of the world has already come. And he has not removed this light from the earth. In fact, he is sharing it. And today, through his word, that light and that life is coming to you. But it only comes to those who have passed through the door who have passed through the gate. John 14, verse 6, Jesus says, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Many people have this belief that, no, as long as you believe in God, whether it's through Jesus, or whether it's through Muhammad, or whether it's through Krishna, or whether it's through Buddha, or whether it's through Confucius, there are many ways to God. Nonsense. That is an utter lie. There are not many ways to God. Jesus Christ, who is God in the flesh himself, said, I am. 
I am the way. I am the truth. And I am the life. And then he specifies and he says, yeah, you might be one of them. No. He says, no one comes to the Father except through me. Have you come to God? Have you come to God through Jesus Christ? Have you come to God through the way, through the door, through the gate? It says, if you go through any other way, you're a thief. There's no access to life. There's no access to real abundance. And it is important that you receive Christ. John chapter 1 verse 11. It says Jesus came to his own and his own people did not receive him. Verse 12. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave them the right to become children of God. Who were not born of the, of the will, not born of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man but of God. And so the question is, have you received Jesus Christ? Have you believed upon his name? Have you put all your trust, all your faith, all your reliance on Jesus Christ alone? It's not Jesus plus all the things you're trying to achieve. No, Jesus Christ alone is enough, is sufficient. And the word of God this morning is encouraging us to build a sure, sure foundation, which is Christ alone, the cornerstone. And many people forsake this Jesus because when he came to the earth, many people thought, he looks just like us. <laughs> he, he, he goes to the bathroom just like us. How can this be Yahweh, the great I am? And many people were tempted not to believe in Jesus because of the 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 shell of the natural body that he had. But when he was raised back to life, everyone understood and it was proven that this is truly the Son of God. And Jesus himself testified that he is the great I Am. So in this time, I want to encourage you with your family, wherever you are, that you will understand that Jesus is not just a good man, He's not just a good prophet. He's not just a wise teacher, a good moral teacher like Gandhi and Madiba. Jesus Christ is God. Jesus Christ is not just a son of God. If I might stop here and just talk about some of the beliefs of the Jehovah's Witnesses and the Mormons. They actually believe, if you actually go deeper, they believe that Jesus they say he's the son of God, but when you actually dig deeper, they say he's actually Michael the archangel. Meaning that Jesus is not God. God is an angel. He is the first of the created order. But this is not what the Bible reveals. The Bible reveals that Jesus is God in the flesh. The triune God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Co-equal in divinity. Co-equal in nature. And this is who Jesus is. Put your faith in Jesus. Put your trust in Jesus. Even though this might be uh, quite a complex concept, once you believe in Christ, the Father and the Son reveal themselves to you. It doesn't become a matter of arguing it in your mind. Is it like an egg, uh, the shell, and then the yolk, and then the white part? Is God like a light bulb? You don't have to go through all of that mental gymnastics. Once you believe in Christ, your eyes are open, the light goes on, 
and the nature of God, the nature of godliness, which was always a mystery, is revealed that once you've seen Jesus, once you've encountered Jesus, once you've given your life to Jesus, then you have actually found God. Then you've actually found life. Then you've actually found light. Then you've actually found the door to abundant life. So I want to pray for us this morning. Wherever you are, if you haven't given your life to Christ, I want to encourage you. These are times of darkness, but Jesus is the light in the darkness. So if you have not given your life to Christ, you might have been a religious man, but you have never made the decision to make Jesus your personal Lord and Savior. Pray with me this morning. Say, Heavenly Father, I recognize that I'm a sinner. Today I hear your voice. I put my faith and trust in Jesus Christ. I confess that Jesus Christ is Lord and God. And today I make him my Lord and my Savior. Forgive me of all my sins. Thank you that you died for me on the cross and you were raised to life on the third day. Take my life, make something of it, and may I live forever for you in Jesus' name. Amen. And if you've prayed that prayer, I want to encourage you to get in touch with us. And please, during this time, say like David, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? May God bless you. Have a blessed week. See you soon. So thank you for joining us this morning. I hope you are encouraged by the word of God. And uh, please join us on our different platforms. Uh, here on YouTube, please subscribe. And uh, then also follow us and like us on uh, Instagram as well as Facebook. And during this time, if you're not in a connect, please, the information will be on the screen. Please connect with us. And also, if you prayed that prayer and you made Christ your personal Lord and Savior today, please connect with us also on the information that you see on the screen. And we will send you whatever material you need so that you can mature and grow in your journey with the Lord. May God bless you and we'll see you soon. Thank you for listening. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit envintook.org.